1: Hey guys, it is the Indie
0: Mayhem Show. I'm Mike Sorgat, Sorgatron on the Twitter here still under yellow alert. Yellow alert? Uh, I'm thinking this in Star Trek terms now as we go further in the color codes of the lockdown here in Pennsylvania. But here is the show that we talk with people in and around independent professional wrestling. It's been hard to do that lately, but uh, we've been finding some new ways that we can hopefully help out uh, uh, wrestlers, people around indie wrestling uh, with their conversations like we're going to have today and and hope to in the next several weeks as well. Uh, But, of course, please check out everything at IndieWrestling.us and WrestlingMayhemShow.com. Um, at US please, of course, support all of our friends of the show of indie wrestling with the COVID-19 uh, support page. A lot of pro wrestling tees and Patreons and whatever have you uh, uh, that, that, that is set up for each individual wrestler. Uh, please support them if you are fortunate enough to be able to and uh, help spread the love. Which we don't know when wrestling is going to come back in full force like it used to be and, and I want to encourage people to please go help out the people that have entertained you uh, through these years um, and, and and please continue to do that. So uh, today uh, this is a conversation that's been in the back of my mind for a while as as I've been seeing this post for a while, and we've we've alluded to it uh, a few times on this show, on the Wrestling Mayhem show, of course, and and I wanted to make sure if we were going to have this conversation with the subject directly, we did it the right way. So uh, we're going to be talking about trademarks. Don't get sleepy yet, okay? First of all, <laughs> I want to introduce our experts. Uh, uh, first, I'm going to start with. Uh, somebody we brought in for this one and is not directly involved in this, but has some experience in, uh, well, the law. He is the gavel David Lawless uh, joining us right now. How you doing? What's up, morons?
1: As the gavel would say.
0: <laughs> so we we brought you on because you're not you're not the subject of this, but you're kind of our expert. Uh, and 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 I sh- I should make the disclaimer. My wife reminds me of this every time because she's a former paralegal herself. Uh, this is not legal advice. This is just kind of an overview and kind of a look at options so people are kind of more educated about. Uh, I guess, trademarks in jun- general and things that can happen and everything that goes with. Like, so, so the Gavel David Lawless isn't just a fun nickname. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, give us a little bit of background why we have you here today.
1: So uh, to those that might not be aware out there, my real name is Max Petrunia, and I've been practicing as a lawyer for a decade. Uh, I've been the greatest attorney and professional wrestler in the world for the last five years, the Gavel David Lawless. But um, I... For whatever reason, uh, the Lord has blessed me with the opportunity to be a professional wrestler and a lawyer, and to be able to help people in the wrestling industry with legal matters, and also to be able to educate some of my brothers and sisters in wrestling, to be able to allow them to protect their brands, protect their images, and and quite frankly, if you could talk to some other wrestlers, too, to help them out with some personal issues uh, as well. I'm always happy to help people. If anyone wants any information on my practice, just so I can make a little plug here, it's maxpetruniapc.com, And there you'll find my smiling face and a way to contact me professionally. But uh, this is, I, I've been intimately involved with trademark law for the better part of, we'll say, the last three to four years. Um, a lot of my trademark law came from understanding copyrights. Uh, one of my best friends in the world runs a music festival and has been the lead singer in a very popular band for the last decade. So I started to educate myself about copyright law and trademark law associated with music. And from there, I've done more research and had the opportunity to do uh, more digging on copyright and trademark as it relates to branding, clothing, wrestling, um, you name it. So when one of my friends and someone that I've shared the ring with for quite a number of years was involved in a trademark matter, he had You know, I think I can say he had called me initially when this happened, and uh, we'll be hearing from him soon to tell his story of what transpired. But with everyone at home now, I think we all can agree uh, that this would be a really good opportunity for wrestlers to educate themselves on what I would consider probably the most important business side of independent professional wrestling right now, and we can touch on why that's so important moving forward with the state of the wrestling industry. But I think it's critical right now for wrestlers to educate themselves on how they can protect their brands with a proper trademark. And I think one thing you've seen as a transition in the industry for the last couple of years is even the major wrestling companies are not changing people's names when they get signed to promotions. They're coming in with their existing names and their brands, similar to what uh, the music industry has done. They want to sign people that have a following and that have garnered support. So individuals that have a right to their trademark will necessarily be in a better position of negotiation for merchandise splits and just to be able to protect themselves and add value when they enter a promotion.
0: Fantastic. And and, and definitely something to look forward to here. Uh, so with us also, the, uh, the I guess the subject at hand is the man... Can we? Do we have to say formally known as the Reaper? Um, 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 held up name as the Reaper. Otherwise, Matt Connard is with us today. How are you doing, Matt?
2: Oh, I'm peachy. How are you guys doing?
0: All right. So, so tell us, tell us the story about. You know, some people have read about this. You know, of course, you've seen on your social media. Uh, but for those that maybe stumbling on us the first time, tell us uh, uh, what happened uh, uh, with with uh, uh, your Reaper moniker.
2: Well, it all started in a show down in Nitro, West Virginia for IWA East Coast. I was on the same bill as, uh, AEW star, uh, Sean Spears. I almost called him Ty Dillinger. Um, he, I wasn't even working with Sean. He was working with Jason Kincaid that night. I was, I, I can't even remember. Regardless, you would not have thought he even knew i existed he had positioned himself to the back of the locker room which is fine the star thing to do i guess i shook his hand said hello did the cordial thing and then just went about my business i didn't think he was watching paying attention uh night goes off without a hitch he leaves after intermission he collects his money or whatever and then uh time goes on This was October of 2019, fast forward to January and I get sent this DM from someone on Twitter with the link to an article saying he had trademarked the Reaper. Now under any other circumstances, I would have just thought great minds think alike, that sucks, oh well. But considering we were on the same card literally not a little more than two months ago. And for all of a sudden, because I know this has got to be a process. He didn't just decide two months later, I'm just going to trademark this, and then instantly it's news. He would have had to go out of his way soon after to start that process. And here I am looking at this awestruck. Literally the first person I called was Lawless. Because for uh, lack of a better term, I felt like, I just got the rug pulled out from under me and I didn't know what I was going to do. And Lawless gave me the best advice he could at the moment. I started uh, to approach the the avenue of uh, contesting the trademark. Um, The further in the process I got along, the more I realized I do not have the... uh, i it is just not not feasible for me financially to pursue it because a loan just to contest his trademark, apply one of my own in contention would have cost around the bill twenty five hundred dollars. We're in the middle of a pandemic
0: mm-hmm. on top of the fact
2: that I don't have twenty five hundred dollars laying around yeah so it's just i basically he got it he he got it scot free and there's nothing I can do about it um and it's I'm I'm just now coming to terms with the fact it's gone I've been it's, it's I, I I'm at a loss for words now that's how I went that's how just uh devastated Ooh. I am by the whole thing because I spent 10 years building this brand building that name mm-hmm. and it's just taken from me without uh Without a fight,
1: because I can't get one. Yeah, yeah. And 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 if I could just interject here, what 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 frustrates me about Matt's story, and I think you know Matt's right when he points it out, is um, it's. And this would be one of my first things when we talk about what you have to do to trademark something. But um, it actually is much cheaper to be the first one to trademark something than it is to have to fight it once a trademark's filed. And. Um, Matt is correct in the uh, in the sentiment that it would be very expensive to contest the trademark and go through that process, and that's one of the problems. When people that have the resources to do it can do that, uh, some individuals don't even know what the process entails or how much it would cost, and uh, I know of one person that uh, fought to have just an idea trademarked, or at least fought to have it taken away from someone else, and she spent... Well into the six figures, uh, or no, close to six figures, in trying to fight that to protect her brand, and it's a shame because, you know, Mr. Spears, I assume, has the bankroll from the WWE, but also has AEW's legal team behind him. I would imagine.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Really? So I think that's the good. That's really the thing that stings the most about this whole thing is. Had I known this was a possibility, I would have done this years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like had I known it was it was even feasible for someone to snatch this from me and just take it away, day one, I would have even if I had to put it on a credit card, borrow money, I don't know, I would have immediately done this because putting so much work into building something, finally getting some footing on it, getting name value behind it, and just Someone able to say, nope, mine, snatch, and you're back to square one. I mean, more people need to realize how how realistic a scenario this is for it to happen to them. Maybe if it's just another worker on their level, you know, maybe they can go make a, a cheap copy of it somewhere else. But if it's an established guy who has direct TV exposure that can take that, has the bankroll to legally bind it, and then just run off with it as completely possible
0: absolutely so so i mean this is this is something that uh is not to, when you guys are coming up with gimmicks you know on, on the scene through your wrestling training like nobody along the way they're trying to help you develop a gimmick but nobody says hey make sure you trademark it right like this isn't a well, conversation that's generally happening is it
1: no and 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 i can just speak to this in the sense that I think there's a lot of misinformation out there about what a trademark is versus what a service mark is versus what a copyright is. Mm -hmm. And I think over the years through social media and just general conversation, uh, people will group those terms together and they think that they're homogenous terms. But the truth is that there's very different and distinct uh, meanings to those terms and processes uh, associated with those terms and legal rights that come along with those terms as well. And- you know the 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 shame of this all. Going back to what Matt said is that you know it, it probably would have cost Matt a, a decent amount of money. Twenty five hundred. I'm not sure the exact figures, but uh, it would have cost probably ten uh, percent of that to actually go through the initial process of applying the trademark. Now there could be additional costs that go along once the application process is started. But uh, I think more than that, more than ever, this is a very appropriate time for us to uh, provide advice to indie wrestlers about how they can go about protecting their trademark and ways that they can do it themselves without even having to to, to hire a lawyer.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: So, uh, so go ahead. I guess this would dovetail into probably your question, Sorg, is how do how do you do that? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's. Um, Okay, so a a trademark is a legally recognized right to some type of name or service mark. And one of the best things that I can recommend to any type of wrestler that endeavors to go about the trademark process is to first start by using the resources that our own government has put out. And you want to go to USPTO.com. That is the US Patent and Trademark Office. Now, Anyone can file for a patent, for a trademark, for a copyright, uh, and you can do it without a lawyer. They recommend that you hire a lawyer who specializes in that area. If you do want to go the extra mile, you could do that. Um, but I'll tell you a way you can figure out how to, uh, how to do your trademark without having to hire a lawyer. Uh, the first thing is that there are subcategories of trademarks. So trademarks, there's like 40 or 50 designations of trademarks that you can get. There's trademarks for performers. There's trademarks for clothing. There's trademarks for video games. There's trademarks for voice acting. So my first recommendation is go to the USPTO website and find the Federal Copyright and Trademark Database. And on that databank, you can search every single registered trademark that exists in the law. I would recommend looking at the trademark for CM Punk and looking at the trademark for AJ Styles because those are two individuals that own their own trademark, that own the trademark before they went to WWE. And if you're looking to create a brand that if you would get signed to a wrestling company, you would be able to take with you, that will tell you exactly the subcategories that you will have to apply for when you register your trademark and what's included in there. And that's a free database Anyone can access it by going to USPTO.gov.
0: Excellent. So so that's the first thing. And, and so once you've kind of determined, okay, nobody has the Reaper, nobody has, you know, oh, crap, somebody has CM Punk. You've determined that thing. It's early on. How? Here's the other question. How early because we know uh, you know I, I know wrestlers have had a gimmick they were given to them once they got out of training and 6 months later they decided to do a different one uh, how early should some consider getting that trademark uh, uh uh taken care of
1: if i mean to be honest with you and and i want to first start by saying that Even myself as a practicing lawyer, I do not have a trademark to the gavel David Lawless Esquire. Mm -hmm. So, you know, either I'm asleep at the wheel or I just, I don't think that anyone thinks my character is valuable enough to steal, (laughs) but, um, or no one could do it like me for the gavel. Yeah. But, um, you know, here's one thing I'll say. I, I, a lot of our listeners out there probably follow, uh, wrestling dirt sheets or wrestling websites. And one of the things you'll notice is about monthly, those wrestling websites will put out stories about trademarks that are registered by the WWE or AEW. That's where people will, real, will say, hey, WWE's trademarking X, Y, Z, and Q. Is this going to be a new pay-per-view? Is this going to be a new game? Mm-hmm. The thing is, the length of use of the trademark itself does not matter when you're applying for it. The only issue you'll run into whenever you're looking at the length of use of a potentially trademarkable entity or name is if there's an objection to the registration of the trademark. And then there's a certain there's factors that go into it to determine how long it's been used by someone else, the strength of the mark, whatnot. So I do have to say that in the event that Matt Conard would have actually objected and gone through the proper channels to object to Sean Spears registration, and keep in mind, I haven't seen the registration, but he would have a very compelling, if not successful, argument to say that as a wrestling brand and something for wrestling clothing, he has used the Reaper Matt Connard as a trademark uh, for many, many years. Mm-hmm. So- now... Okay, come so so
0: I I know one thing that came up and I think Matt you got this a lot on your comments too. Uh the, the 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 term poor man's copyright or poor man's trademark is used a lot when for somebody, you know, in the idea is uh, uh, prior use, proven use uh yep. could be a defendable uh uh case. Uh, is that mm-hmm. what we're talking about here and, and what is the strength of that?
1: Well, so well, All right. Um The reason why you copyright something, you trademark something, is because if someone infringes upon your legally registered trademark, Mm -hmm. you are entitled to statutory damages under the federal trademark laws. Okay, so uh, if you sue someone in federal court and you prove that they use your registered trademark without their consent, there is a minimum statutory acceptable damages that they are entitled to legally. A poor man's trademark, if you will, is if you would sue someone for infringing upon your name likeness or trademark that doesn't actually have it trademarked, but you can somehow prove that the mark itself that is being used does have commercial value. So, for instance, there's a case going on right now, which shall remain nameless, where an individual does not have the, the trademark to their name at the time that merchandise was created but is attempting to prove through the court system that they were using the name in trade and that that someone is infringing upon that. We call it a common law co- uh, trademark yeah, uh, or a poor man's trademark. So technically, uh, what's funny is if Sean Spears would not have actually trademarked the Reaper and then he would have started selling shirts as the Reaper Sean Spears, we could have actually sued him. Matt Conner could have sued him saying that he owns the rights in a common law manner to the reaper because he's been trading with that name for so long. So the, the reason why you copyright things is one, because it's federally recognized. Uh, and then if you start doing international branding, uh, there are some countries that have recognition of the trademarks from the United States across the globe. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you do it because you want to protect your damages. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, Did we talk about the difference between trademarks and copyrights?
1: Uh, We didn't. So uh, trademark itself is a it's a it's a uh, it's a registration of a mark for whatever purpose it's registered for. Okay, so again, I would go back to CM Punk's trademark registration or AJ Styles registration. AJ Styles registration, I I believe off the top of my head last time I looked at it is for uh, it's like. Sports entertainment, uh, name on clothing, li- likeness and character in video games, or something. There are numerous categories of trademarking. Okay. So just because AJ Styles owns the trademark to AJ Styles, okay, you have to look at the distinct purposes w- why his trademark exists. Okay. So if I wanted to register AJ Styles Plumbing, okay, I mm-hmm. could probably still register that as a plumbing entity. But I could not start using and trading on that name in professional wrestling because that trademark is already taken. Right. So um, again, you know, the difference between that copyright means that you own uh or you have a right in a specific fixed medium. So what you would do is you would copyright a book, you would copyright a song, you would copyright a an illustration or a picture. Okay, so the Name Bullet Club may be trademarked as a professional wrestling faction, but there is a copyright in the Bullet Club logo. Right. If anyone understands the distinction there.
0: Right. So that would be what they would be off. So when, like, Pro Wrestling T started um, taking down Bullet Club, uh, familiar-looking, like, knockoff, uh, 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 parody shirts, I guess you could say, which is, all, parody is a whole other discussion, i mean, that's a whole other podcast, uh, you know, yeah. but that was, you know, probably more a copyright issue, and also to make good with that that company that owns that mark.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's, look, you know, one of the things that I want to make clear mm-hmm. for people is that um, until there's an adjudication by a, by a court or some type of administrative uh, body, mm-hmm. like the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office, uh, there's no right or wrong to how people process this, okay? Yeah. so. For instance, uh, websites that do hosting for selling shirts or something can can choose to remove items from sale for whatever reasons, okay? Mm -hmm. So sometimes items will get removed from sale because they violate the terms of service like uh, it's an offensive shirt, okay? Mm -hmm. So even if you own the trademark to the actual image itself, it again is up to Pro Wrestling Tees to decide whether they want to put that that shirt on their site or not. So the fact that a shirt gets taken down by a website is not necessarily dispositive of the fact that, oh, this person doesn't have the trademark. Sometimes it's just done because it violates the terms of service or because it's a business decision. Mm-hmm. And if I had to guess, um what Pro Wrestling Tees probably did when they took down the knockoff bullet club shirts was weighed, okay, we can make a lot more money if we continue to sell New Japan Pro Wrestling licensed <laughs> Bullet Club shirts, and if we take down the knockoff Bullet Club shirts. And and that's the decision of the website. No one said whether that's a, that's a yeah. parody yeah. in the eyes of the law or not.
0: Uh, your YouTube strike is not is not a legal binding thing until you've gone far enough that you have to actually take a legal action, right? Like those Correct. kinds of ideas. YouTube is making that decision, not a court. They're citing laws yeah. and statutes yeah. and, and things but, like that.
1: But none of that is precedential. So Mm. the decision that a website makes based on whether their terms of services were violated or not Mm. could be used as evidence to show that the user that posted the shirt acted in bad faith, uh, but it is not given the weight of, say, a precedential court opinion or a court order saying, you know, that you are legally entitled to sell this shirt. Now, the question becomes, once someone gets a court order saying they're legally entitled to sell the shirt. Does the complaining party that said that it violates a copyright, is that an intentional interference with the contractual or business relationship? So mm-hmm. these are all issues that, you know, the internet's been around since the early 90s. So we're, we're, we're pretty far into the use of the internet, but given the pro- proliferation of social media and the accessibility that people have to technology and how rapid it is, we're going to start to see a lot of these issues with social media and trademarking get ironed out. And now, as wrestlers and entertainers rely on merchandise as probably their sole source of income, you're going to see a lot more, I believe, in the court system where people are really ironing out these issues associated with sales of merchandise online. So we
0: kind of, I, I know I kind of took us on a couple different roads there, but let's get back yeah. to the trademark, the issue at hand. Uh, uh, we talked about like what people can do looking things yep. up, like, and we talked about the, the general costs. What can a person do? You, you mentioned like what what a, what a wrestler can do to take care of their trademark yeah. to protect themselves yeah. without potentially even having to 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 go to a lawyer.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, what I would do is um, just off the top. Okay, so let's take the gavel, David Lawless Esquire. Okay, mm-hmm. I'll walk you guys through from start to finish the process that would be associated with me registering the gavel, David Lawless Esquire. And if anyone's out there listening and they decide to do this themselves. I am going to object to this, and I'm going to say that you got this idea from me on the Indie Mayhem show. Yeah, we we, we, so, we, we
0: have prior prior art uh, right here. Uh, <laughs> this is <yeah>. the record.
1: <laughs> so, so what I would do if I was registering this trademark myself, not being a lawyer, I would go to the USPTO website. I would look at the trademark registry. I would first look at existing copyrights for professional wrestlers, mm-hmm. CM Punk, AJ Styles, what have you. I would look at how those. Uh, those names are actually designated in the trademark office, okay? Then I would search for the name that I'm looking to trademark. In my case, it would be the Gavel David Lawless Esquire. If nothing pops up on the database, if it doesn't hit anything, then that goes to show that no one owns the trademark and no one's applied for the trademark in that name. So I know that I'm good to apply for a trademark in that name. So I would download the application from the USPTO website. I would fill it in. I would make sure I check the proper designation boxes for what I want that designated as, and I would submit that. And I believe the cost of filing for a name trademark is about $275. Uh, I think it fluctuates between $275 and four dollars or $500, mm-hmm. depending on how many different types or designations you're, you're, you're registering. Uh, what I would also make sure that you have is some type of screenshots associated with your use of that. So if it's match graphics from promotions, if it's uh, thumbnails of you doing videos on YouTube, just to show that you, the person that's registering the trademark, has actually used the trademark in commerce. If you have T-shirts that have your name on it, you would put a a picture of the T-shirt. So once you actually register that trademark, what what happens is the trademark gets assigned to an employee of the USPTO uh, administrative agency and that agent then is your trademark agent. So if they have any questions or there's deficiencies in your application, they will reach out to you and give you a chance to cure it. But then the next phase, which this is really the phase where everyone gets the information that we talked about before. Uh, anytime there's a trademark that's registered for, there is what's known as a comment or objection period. Okay. So this is where Mr. Connard learned that Sean Spears had registered for that trademark. And this is how uh, websites can pick this up because I think it's weekly or bi-weekly. It might even be monthly. The federal register puts out a uh, it's almost a newspaper, an online publication that has a listing of every single trademark that's been applied for. So a lot of big companies that trademark a lot of big things like the WWE probably have dedicated staff that go through these registers to see what's been registered and if they need to object to it. And so once that advertisement is put out by the register, there become, there's an objection period. So I think there's a, it's a 60-day objection period, possibly. And then if no one objects to the use of the trademark or files an objection to the use of the trademark, then the trademark is granted and you have the right to use that mark. Uh, the reason why Matt Connard is is right in his assessment that Sean Spears probably applied for that trademark prior to January is because by the time uh, Mr. Connard learned of the trademark application, I think it was – was it early January or mid-January, Matt? It
2: was early January. I, I honestly distinctly remember – I think it was January
1: 11th. Yeah, and I, I remember you out. calling me when the article yeah. came out. So. Yeah. I, So, look, I don't want to sit here and speculate, and I don't want this to be perceived as us disparaging Mr. Spears in any way. But it wasn't like January 11th he woke up and said, I'm filing a trademark for the Reaper, and it got out to the press that way. Um, He probably filed that application, I would have to guess, at some point in November or December. And because of the name the Reaper being probably a commonly used one, Uh, I would imagine he filed that probably sometime in November, and it got to the objection period by January. So he had gone through and had 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 an agent registered to him. Uh, But so, you know, you'll have situations where people will register trademarks, and then people will object. and, And sometimes there's administrative hearings that are held, where testimony is taken by that agency. And then ultimately, you know, the decision of the US Patent and Trademark Office can be uh, challenged in court, but I believe you actually have to exhaust the administrative remedies at your disposal before, as a precedent to filing a lawsuit. So the, the thing I will say to people that want to file for a trademark in whatever gimmick they have is that it's going to cost you a little bit of money up front. Uh, you could, I think you can pay by credit card and you could probably get points on your credit card for paying for it. You may not be successful, but it's going to cost you exponentially more to go through the process of fighting it because not only would you likely have to hire a lawyer and call information together to object, but if you're successful, then you probably will have to pay for the trademark itself. So you're actually incurring double the fees you would if you didn't just you know, pop on the website and do the application. And I mean, look, at the end of the day, the mere application or registration of a trademark does not necessarily result in any type of legal action against you. Okay. Or at least I haven't heard of any. So, you know, if, if you're, if you do a database search and you feel like you want to apply for the trademark, do it. The worst that'll, the worst that happens is you don't get it and you continue to use the name as you have before. Uh, but if, you know, when you think about what it means to have that trademark, I don't know what that factors into when bigger promotions sign people, but I would imagine that when an AJ Styles or an Adam Cole is coming to the WWE saying we want to sign you, I imagine what they're saying is, okay, here's what you traditionally offer in your royalties for merchandise, but you're using my name, mm-hmm. so I want more. Or maybe they 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 pay a, you know, an exorbitant fee to get the rights to that trademark transferred over to them. Uh, I don't know. I'm just speculating on what the business relationships are like, but uh,
0: and, and, and I think it, that's that's happened a few different ways because there was something like, I, I, it, it, and you know, anecdotally over the years, I, I recall the Dudley Boys when they came over, like that came. With the ECW trademarks, perhaps, and then mm-hmm. they couldn't use it when they left. But every time they drop in, they can. You know, obviously somebody that had that before WWE. CM Punk obviously showed up, left, can use it wherever. AJ Styles, yep. um, trying to think other guys of, but then you will get somebody like Cody Rhodes that can't use Rhodes when he leaves. You know? Well,
1: and 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 that's the thing too is a, a trademark mm-hmm. is a commodity. It's an mm-hmm. asset. Okay, yep. so no one's saying Matt Connard can't go out and wrestle. Okay, no one's saying that he's precluded from wrestling on shows. What they're saying is that he's precluded from advertising himself as the Reaper, Matt Connard, because that trademark of the Reaper is owned by another professional wrestler. So the idea of people having a trademark is to avoid confusion of the consumers in the marketplace. So if people see a promo poster that says the Reaper will be appearing, they're not confused to think that Sean Spears will be on the show or similarly, a promotion is not using the moniker of the Reaper to try to promote Sean Spears or trade off his name without him actually being there. Mm -hmm. So you're right. I think what happens is, you know, if you wanted me to, if I wanted to apply for a trademark of the indie wrestling or wrestling mayhem, I could, and I could own that. Once I own that trademark, if you wanted to buy it from me, I could sell it to you. Mm -hmm. But that probably what happened was, and I think WWE does this, the company itself will register the trademark, own the trademarks, which is why the Dudley boys, when ECW lost all of its assets, that is an asset of the company. Now, how you value that asset is, you know, it's different. Valuing a trademark is very distinct and different from valuing cash on hand. Okay. So when you have a trademark, it's more of an esoteric value in the sense that if I own the name a j Styles, I could make a million dollars selling a j Styles shirts, or I could make zero dollars. We just don't know, mm-hmm. but that is an asset that a j Styles himself owns, so that is something that he can he can trade and he can sell to someone and so if you do have that trademark uh and I think Shark Boy was actually one of the people that that was one of the first indie wrestlers to trademark his name, and actually, I think he got a decent amount of money for. The cartoon Shark Boy and Lava Girl.
0: Oh yeah, I remember that. That was a mm-hmm. uh, that was the uh, no. It was it was like one of those Spy Kids types movies that uh, Antonio, yep. like Robert Rod- Rodriguez did, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And I mean, look, you know, the thing is, if you if you have an idea for something that's not trademarked and you want to trademark it, um, as long as there's no ill intent in the trademark itself, uh, and you are successful in getting the trademark then no one can accuse you of trying to commit fraud or trying to hold it over someone's head. So, you know, there's a concept called cyber piracy or cyber squatting and you have that with trademarks as well. So, I couldn't just go out and trademark the name Matt Connard and turn around and say, "Hey Matt, I trademarked this, you didn't object. I want to sell it to you now for $4,000." That is, you know, the it's malicious intent there. Yeah. But in Sharkboy's case, what he probably did, if I had a guess, was he trademarked Shark Boy for entertainment, performances, videos, movies, television, something that would have fallen into the category of whatever the Shark Boy and Lava Girl movie was. When they went to apply for the trademark, he probably got a notice that said that someone's trying to apply for this trademark, and they probably paid him a licensing fee to use it. And so, I mean, look. It's it's not necessarily something that you shouldn't be out there trying to trademark things that you're gonna hold hostage over people because companies now have protection to be able to do that. But if you get lucky and someone wants to trademark an idea that you already have trademarked, you can use it and, and it's an asset. And you can have you can ask someone to pay whatever you want for that licensing
0: Absolutely. So we do have a couple of comments and questions from the chat room, actually. I want to get to a few of those. Uh, Justin Idol's out there saying so shitty of that dude to do that, especially someone in the business that knows how much a big deal uh, respect is in the business. I mean, that's a... Apparently that's he a, doesn't, Idol. <laughs> Apparently he has no idea
2: what respect is um, in
0: this business. Is he a guy... Is he a, a, a general performance center guy? Like, I feel like you, you know, he, he was with WWE for like 10 years at that point, right? When, when I, I believe
2: he was... Would... I believe he went through every single incarnation of development they had until they got to NXT. And then he finally got on television. Like I get the fact that he was probably squandering for years in developmental. He finally finds a little success and then gets pushed right back down. Mm -hmm. So especially at this point, I've been peripherally keeping track of what he's doing because I want to see when the hell he's going to use the damn name. Um, and he keeps piling all of these monikers and like gimmicks on him. Like I thought yeah. he calls himself Heartless. He uh he's using the sharpshooter now. He's like how much is enough? Yeah. Yeah. Like at
1: this at this point I'm more mad that he's not using the damn name. Yeah. Like well, and, and, all- and that's the thing, Connor, is you should probably continue to check the trademark registration website because at some point, that trademark will expire and or he could abandon it. So mm-hmm. once it's abandoned or expired, it's free to use. And if he doesn't use that mark, you could then submit the application or submit the evidence to say, I used this mark. I want it now.
0: It's kind of like if you're sure. kind of looking out for a domain name that's been uh, captured by somebody, you keep an eye on expiration, it gets let go. You can snatch it up from GoDaddy for 12 bucks. Right? Yeah. That and I mean... Of, yeah.
1: Uh, and, you know, as 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 one of my good friends in the industry and also is just a wrestling fan, I've been very curious to see when he was going to use that because I met Sean Spears at an IWC show and he was a, I talked to him for a while. He was a really nice guy. But I've been curious, Connor, too, and I don't really understand how he's going to use the Reaper gimmick as part of what direction they appear to be sending him in, in AEW. which is why I wouldn't be surprised if he abandoned that or, or didn't use it in trade at some point.
2: Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm going to keep a, definitely keep an eye on it, Dan, because maybe by the time all this craziness the world's going through clears up, it'll be free. I'll grab it and everything will be fine. And all the stress I've been putting myself through will be for nothing. Um, but it's, just, it's crazy the timing as well, because I'm sure everyone else, you guys have probably heard about the, the similar situation that went down with the revolt in North Carolina. Yeah. yeah. And the, well, uh, the FTR now, or whatever the revival are calling themselves. It's like, what? Their case is a little different because those two knew those guys. Allegedly, they had been cross paths in the scene for years and knew of it, and they just went ahead and did it. It. I'm afraid. Uh, it's not anything new, but I'm afraid this is going to become more and more of a trend. Mm-hmm. With especially as these two companies start competing more and more people are going to continue to get things snatched from them. We always complain as indie wrestlers about, uh, about coincidences. This wrestler happens to use a move that I've been using for years. Blah, 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 blah. I'm sincerely worried about these guys, especially AEW guys just because they have more freedom to pop on these indie shows, make a quick buck and then go back to TV. Yeah. I just, I don't, I don't want people, other wrestlers to live with the regret I have to at the moment. I don't want them to coddle and grow and nurture, nurture something for a majority of their career, just to have to start from ground zero after years of breaking their body down and basically having to be uh, a blank, uh, clean slate
1: all over again. And and this would be the opportune time for me to say that if anyone's listening out there that wants to consult on trademark law, they could go to maxpetriniapc.com or call me, and I'd be happy to offer some legal assistance and guidance. But, you know, one thing I will say to all the wrestlers out there, and especially to you, Matt, is that, um, having having gone to law school over a decade ago and having been involved in the entertainment industry in some capacity, I could tell you that this is not something that is just isolated indie wrestling. It's certainly something that has become a little more prevalent now because there's a major indie company that's on television. But uh, I know that there have been improv troops in the past that have literally had their improv acts directly ripped and used on Saturday Night Live. Wow! And the question becomes... Um, how do you protect certain things that aren't protectable? And and then the other thing becomes too, you know, sometimes you do have people that are innocently using, uh, names. I mean, I can't speak to what happened with the, the revival versus revolt, but I mean, I could see a way that the revival innocently thought that registering a tag team name as the revolt was not the same as an independent promotion that has a faction of the revolt being the same thing. And again, I don't know what their intent was in doing it. I'd I'd like to think the best of everyone. Um, But I think what, what has been highlighted more than anything in the last five years with the proliferation of technology is the fact that there's so much content out there. There's so much information. I mean, anyone can become a content creator with cell phones and iPads and computers that the... The idea of what's protected and what's not and and how people are able to monopolize that, uh, it turns into a disparaging situation, much the same way that uh, individuals that have resources versus individuals that don't can literally go bankrupt. I mean, there's a, there's a YouTube content creator right now who was originally sued by the Major League Baseball pitcher Trevor Bauer, who's now being sued by the Major League Baseball Players Association. Because this guy runs a baseball training academy and he started taking clips of the pitchers pitching and breaking down their pitching styles. And what they're saying is that using their footage and their names creates this impression that they support his coaching methods. And so this guy is possibly going to lose his entire business or go bankrupt because the Major League Baseball Players Association, which if you can imagine has billions of dollars, is suing this guy because he's creating content that he's making money off of. So it's a very, what Matt said, the doom and gloom of it is it's a dangerous time. And like he said before, if anyone wants to talk about this, I'm, I'm available. I mean, people that know me from the, from the locker room know that I will always talk to them about legal issues. But if you're serious about doing this, I can certainly try to help in whatever professional capacity I can.
0: Absolutely. Uh, also from the chat room, Justin Idle was asking, uh, uh, he's worried about your backstock of merchandise there, Matt. Uh, he says, "What did you do with your remaining merchandise? Uh, are you still u- able to use them since they were already, you know, already quote purchased, made? Uh, uh, w- w- what's the status there?" He's he's worried about about your 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 back stock.
2: Well, first of all, Justin, thank you for worrying about my financial well being. I'm uh, I'm doing all right. Uh, <laughs> the, luckily, the ones that I have left in stock don't have the reaper on them. Okay, that's what's kind of good about half my merchandise is majority of them don't even have the Reaper name on them. like they will have the image of me in the cloak, you know, the spooky stuff and then my name and some sort of, uh, some sort of title. So thankfully, whatever I have left in stock, I feel like I'm in the right to at least be able to clear that out. Yeah. Um, and then as far as the ones that do say that
1: on my pros and key store, I don't know what's going to happen there. Mm-hmm. well i i can speak to that too i mean look if sean spears would write a letter to uh pro wrestling tees or file an objection to the use of those t-shirts which if he's listening he probably is going to do that right now <laughs> um <laughs> then you know pro wrestling tees could be within their terms of service to take it down uh but you know the truth is and we've all seen this at Every wrestling company that we've worked for from the East Coast to the West Coast, if people that held legitimate trademarks and copyrights really wanted to put independent pro wrestling out of business, they could. <laughs> if, you know, if if the if 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 uh Saban Industries wanted to sue professional wrestlers who used Power Ranger likenesses on their t-shirts, uh there'd be a lot of poor indie wrestlers or indie wrestlers would be poorer than they actually are. <laughs> so, I mean, the truth is that unless someone files the objection, you're not prevented from selling it, Matt, because it's not creating the impression that that Sean Spears is endorsing the product. Uh, it's just that idea of the reaper. That's what it comes down to. Trademark law is meant to prevent confusion in the marketplace. So if I would take a picture of Tiger Woods and put it on my website with a caption that says, Max Petrunia is the greatest lawyer in the world. (laughs) Tiger Woods could sue me because I'm using his likeness to promote my business, which he doesn't. Okay, That's where you run into the issue.
0: Absolutely. Uh, So and Justin's also asking, uh, do you get the money back if the name is already taken, I think, from the filing fees? And now I believe the filing fees are like the legwork to do the process, whether it's uh, uh, approved or not. Correct.
1: Yeah, I mean, Justin, I'm going to put this out to you as a rhetorical question. Do you believe that the federal government would <laughs> refund money to someone because they made a mistake?
0: <laughs> yep, we'll, we'll let you stew on that one. Bradley's yeah. out there, um, and, and, and I have to say, this this is a topic that Bradley actually um, um, has has poked me about having on the show for a while. Uh, so, so good to see that everything coming together here. Uh, can I ever discuss how difficult it is to come up with a new character or gimmick? I I heard this is very difficult. And how is Matt progressing and coming up with uh, a new direction for himself?
2: Well, as far as uh, the, how difficult it is, uh, I was fortunate enough to luck into the Reaper, literally my first year in the business. Um, Obviously, it was not the Reaper it became eventually. Uh, I literally started my career with uh, a leather vest and a chin beard. I looked like a WCW job guy. Um, But as the years went on and it progressed, I morphed into what I turned into as of today. And not everyone's that lucky. Not everyone is fortunate enough to stumble upon something that they can sink their teeth into right away and grow with people flounder for years being bland, create a wrestler, just trying to, you know, throw stuff at a wall, seeing what sticks. There's people I'm very close to that still struggle with that. I mean, it's just, it's all about, uh, it's just, it's just all about, uh, stop right place, right time, right idea. Mm hmm. And, you know, some people, it's a slower burn than others. Um, And as far as how things are progressing with uh, a backup plan, I still don't have one.
0: (laughs) Well, Um, well, hopefully we can. I wanted to end this kind of on a happier note, on a fun note, because I did pose the question to our group over the Wrestling Mayhem Show Facebook group. Uh, uh, I I wanted them to help. And and, because, you know, I I figured you'd probably still be kind of figuring out, of course, we're not getting right out there, the ring that you're Working on anything worship work workshopping anything in in person with the fans uh so i so I asked them to you know to share any of their ideas to help you with replacements so you know Matt, you know coming on the show we like to help you guys out with new ideas <laughs> over oh. the years right
1: and and yeah. and I wanted to take this opportunity just to kind of talk about one thing that I've tried to do in the last like two years, and I think matt this is something something to think about also, but like when I started uh, wrestling, I had the idea of doing this lawyer-slash-wrestling character. Mm-hmm. The name was kind of secondary, the Gavel David Lawless Esquire. It does, in my opinion, roll off the tongue now. I think I've done a pretty good job of promoting my character. But one of the things that I've tried to do at the different promotions I work at is I actually there's, – there's subtle tweaks to, to my character at every single promotion. What I mean is like I try not to dress the same at every promotion – so at IWC, I'm still the Gavel David Lawless Esquire. I'm an attorney, but I'm in my regulator's gear. At Rise, uh, you know, I'm the Gavel David Lawless Esquire, but I come out with the the tie, the sport coat, mm-hmm. the button down mm-hmm. shirt, and I wear the tights. And then, you know, if I at Imagine Wrestling, I'm the Gavel David Lawless. I come out in the t shirt and the tights still. So I wanted to make sure that for different promotions I was at, there was some unique wrinkle to the gavel David Lawless Esquire that made it subtly different. In my opinion, Matt's absolutely right. You, you put time and effort into your brand and your character. I do think though, that Matt, even though the Reaper has been taken away from you, the one thing I will say is that as a talent, no one can take away your facial expressions, your move set, your, the way that you put a match together. I mean, you know, the concept is, uh, You know, I will always try to market myself as a wrestling lawyer, whatever that character is, because I feel like you could plug me into storylines in any promotion and it would make sense for you with this idea of this menacing undead character. You could achieve that goal with different names, but you're still going to have the same movement, the same looks, the same. You could have the same gear, too. Uh, And I just I, I know it's a crappy situation, but Again, ending it on a positive note, Matt, you're you're one of the most talented people that I've shared the ring with, and the things you do and the emotion you evoke from the fans during your matches, I don't necessarily think is tied to the Reaper itself. I think it's more or less your presence, your command of attention in the ring, and whether you are introduced as the Reaper or just Matt Connard, no one's going to be able to take that persona away from you, so um I think it'll be cool to see what other ideas people come up with, but mm-hmm. just because you don't have the Reaper name, Matt, I wouldn't get discouraged from what you actually do in the ring and how you tell a story.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I really, uh, no, I, just, I really, that means a lot, buddy. Uh, uh, the, uh, the positive I've taken from this is thank you. Thank goodness that Sean Spears decided to be a prick during a pandemic, because now I get to sit on this, I get to uh, mull it over, and I get a chance to regroup. Because if this had happened when things were completely normal, business as usual, I would be I'd be fumbling right now because I wouldn't know what I would do. Well, even and when now
0: when it came down, you were kind of taking a break at the moment too, before even the pandemic, right?
2: Yeah. And there's also that I, had, I had a uh, TV smooth had killed me, mm-hmm. um, literally buried me to death. And um, I was, I was kind of regrouping as it was. So, uh, I mean, I, I, it's it's going to be this way for everybody, but especially for me, it's just kind of a reset. Mm-hmm. It's a reset. It's a, it's a recessment. Um, and I mean it's it's i'll echo just what he said he's completely he's completely right when I sit and think about it it's just it's just a name mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like everything that was behind it, everything that I put into it is all transferable. The reaper's just the name at the end of the day and i will i will find I'll find another one and go on it which may have already happened. Because as you said, Sorg, the fine people of the show have given you a list. Yes. They?
0: I have a wonderful list by everybody from Bradley to Justin Idol to the Reverend Hunt to uh, our, our boy cameraman Rob. One of my favorites he does, he's been suggesting for a while that you just call yourself the Creeper and just put a copyright sign in front of, in front of Reaper. <laughs> I I don't, I don't know how that does with tra- trademark uh, applications and stuff with Mr. Spears, but I I, I think it's at least worth a T-shirt. Um, <laughs> that is
1: re- that is really I mean if you can get over the fact that you would actually have a gimmick name called the Creeper, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, you know
0: uh, we we have uh, a bunch uh, uh, the Reaping the Pale One. A lot of people like the Pale One and the Pale Rider uh, out of this list from from the discussions. Mm. The Wraith came up a few times. The Soulless. Um I believe it'd be even the Solus one. Uh let's hmm. see. We also have here the Nightmare, the Daywalker, uh the Grim Servant of Death, the Reckoning. Uh so- yeah, I
1: like I I like Wraith out of this list and I'll, I'll tell you why. First of all, it's a it's a really powerful name. It's um you know Wraith is a single syllable name. And the other thing to think about is as The Witcher gets prepared to record a season <laughs> 2 and people are starting <laughs> to People are starting to get back into The Witcher. I mean, I bought the game for the first time and it came out 5 years ago and I think it's amazing. Wraiths are one of the characters in there. So, I think the Wraith still portrays the possibly the message you were going for. The Wraiths actually look like in the game look like the jacket that you have for mm-hmm. Wear the Ring. It's crazy. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. I think that uh, I think that that's possible, but those are all cool names.
0: Yeah, uh, Marcus says the Spectre. Uh, I think I think that's referencing to the the Green Lantern character, correct? Uh yeah there's
1: a
2: there's a DC comic character named the Spectre which mm-hmm. uh, he and I have he he and I have discussed before as well. Um
0: also um, it also is brought up as long as we stay away from from, from ones like uh Rob brought up uh, the 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 issue when we thought that uh you were called the raper on a ring introduction several months ago.
1: <laughs> boy there's a couple people in indie wrestling that could have taken that name am i right? <laughs> <laughs> oh
2: boy. Ooh. Uh, ooh.
1: You I don't you have any like uh, rimshot sound sound I effects don't. you could put oh, in there, so. Fifteen
0: years, you think I would have hooked up a rimshot machine by now, right?
1: My goodness,
2: <laughs> I heard you mentioned the daywalker uh, story. What about the nightwalker? I I mm-hmm. kind of that's, that's provocative, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's associated with anything else, so I'll uh, be the nightwalker. Somebody's like,
0: some are seriously asking, could you get away with the Grim Reaper going full on with that, or the Reapers Reaper? Uh, was suggested as well. So,
1: what about I, Hush? Mm. Mm. One of my favorite. One of my favorite Batman graphic novels.
2: Yes. I uh, I seriously did immediately when this happened consider the Grim Reaper, but I just it just when people don't know the backstory and how we got here, it feels real. Uh, it feels real. Uh, Dick Foley. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it feels real, like Kmart uh to that and uh I actually thought uh lawless about uh using uh uh, uh the Phantom mm-hmm. at one point. Because, yeah uh and it's the closest ref, ref- I get to the Phantasm from Mask of the Phantasm. Oh yeah, that's interesting. So that was something I was playing with. Um but yeah I I consider Grim Reaper but I just think it's too uh it's too on the nose
0: hell's minion angel of death uh death row not the record label uh <laughs>
1: that, that's i'm gonna recommend you don't go with death row yeah yeah, yeah. They, got, they got some money for a number of reasons yeah.
0: <laughs> so uh, i hopefully that helps hopefully that helps uh, uh spearhead uh the next stage the next iteration or the continuing iteration of mac honored but you're right in in the end you're still mac honored you're still uh, uh, what we remembered, it doesn't matter what giant name is on that screen behind yet rise or, or whatever the case may be. It's you turning in, uh, 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 your, your 30 minute, uh, Ironman match popped up on my radar again this past uh, couple of days. And remember like, that's, that, that's the stuff you built regardless of who has your name.
1: Yeah. And, and uh, Matt, I just want to tell you that I, you know, in in July of 2018, I was, you know, looking for what I was going to do with my professional career and uh, was really at the worst part of my life. And I was able to come out of it better than I ever did before. And having worked with you and known you for as long as I have, uh, and just knowing the passion that you have and and the type of character that you have, uh, I'm convinced that you and a lot of other people that are in the industry are going to come out of this pandemic and be even stronger on the other side. So Uh, I know we haven't been in the ring in a while, um, but uh, I believe that the cream always rises. And whatever you come up with from here, uh, I have no doubt it's going to be at the top of the card anywhere, just because of the person that you are. So, everyone out there, if you've ever felt like you were taken down by the man, just hang in there because life will always get better. Absolutely,
0: absolutely. And if if nothing works out, uh, Bradley said you can use heel Bradley or heel Todd from him. He gives you a that's true. I mean, yeah.
2: I'd rather retire. <laughs>
0: well, that's what, Hey, we could call you the Laughing Man after that episode here, where we we had you tell jokes.
2: Oh, yeah, I forgot about my uh, my very short lived stand up career.
0: Yes, for those, uh, maybe that's what
2: I'll
1: do next. I'll just go into stand up. <laughs> <laughs> for, no, no audience stand up. That that'll be a good one for, for those that
0: catch up. Uh, we we had Matt, comedian Matt Light scheduled to be on, and and he had to drop out the last minute. So we had another Matt, and we had him tell jokes uh, on the wow. show to you know fill in. So thank Boy, you. For that's a tough that.
1: spot to be put in. Yeah.
0: <laughs> He told knock, knock, <laughs> knock jokes. Bradley was his laugh track. It it, it turned out fine. Uh, guys, <laughs> guys, thank you so much. Uh, uh, Matt, uh, you do have a pro wrestling t-shirt and you have a wonderful shirt that I know several of our friends have already picked up. Uh, uh, where mm-hmm. can people go there and support you?
2: You can go to pro wrestling dot com slash Matt Connard. There are still every shirt I've ever had up there, even the Reaper one. So if you want to grab a what could be a collectible? Go for it. Yeah, I can. But what I re- what I recommend is the brand new, hot selling as Edric Everhart uh, coined it, "Back Your Trademark" <laughs> T-shirt. Uh, it's a it's a it's, it's selling like hotcakes. People can't get enough of "Back Your Trademark." So go grab one of those.
1: It speaks on so many levels to so many things. Mm-hmm. It really does. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: yeah. uh, and,
0: uh, Lawless, where can people find you on the wrestling side? And, of course, once again, please give that website for people that need some legal help.
1: Wrestling side would be on Facebook, the Gavel David Lawless Esquire. Instagram, Gavel David Lawless. And Twitter would be Gavel Lawless. And seriously, if anyone has any legal inquiries or uh, any questions about anything we've discussed today or needs help with with anything if I can't help you I can certainly find a friend in the legal industry that can it's Max Petrunia that's M A X P E T R U N Y A P C at uh .com com. and go. so look forward to hearing from all of you my phone number is on there as well so anyone can call with any legal inquiries and you will get the services of the greatest lawyer and professional wrestler in America
0: And we'll be including a number of those links in the description for this podcast if you're catching us a little later on whatever platform that may be. And please, once again, please check out everything at IndieWrestling.us. Support these guys. See them in action. uh, uh, See the matches we were talking about uh and, and 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 discover new ones and uh and of course please go check out our support pages over there and uh keep an eye out because a number of of the guys um have uh special codes and we'll be including these guys as well uh i'm not sure if i sent all of you guys yours uh to help them out as, uh, in this pandemic uh with and get you guys discounts on indywrestling.us as well you know trying to help everybody out uh so that we have everybody's good to go when we're get the green light. Right. Uh, yeah. so. and
1: use this and you should use this time as an opportunity to, you know, uh, practice your promos, practice your facial expressions, uh, practice your punches. I hung a coffee mug from the wall in my kitchen and I <laughs> take 10 shots at it without trying to punch it. Like, you know, there's stuff we can do. It stinks that we're all locked inside, but, mm-hmm. you know, use this as an opportunity to work on things that you're better at. I mean, I'm trying to work on well, there's a lot of things I could improve in wrestling, but, uh, you know, I'm trying to work on it as best I can while we're locked inside. So Absolutely. And also,
2: no time better than now to study tape. Yep. And I can't stress this enough. You have nothing else to do. Mm-hmm. Like, the WWE Network's 9 99 a month. Like, YouTube is Great. filled Build with old footage. I've been watching tons of old, all Japan and ring of honor circa like 2003, 2006 lately. Like there is just such a well of footage there that you can watch, pick up nuances, pick up all the little things that matter in this business. Take advantage of that now before life gets hectic again, and you go continue to go back and make excuses why you can't.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I can tell you too, when we come back and start working, uh, if you think you're going to step into the ring and be able to put on a 30 minute match from the jump, it's going <laughs> to, it's going to be tough. So, you know, I, I feel like I'm ready. Cause all I've done is relied on character stuff and screaming at people. So that hasn't changed, but I'll be ready to work a 10 minute match when I get back. Cause seven minutes of it will be me yelling at that girl at the rise show who has the high pitched voice and screams. Aisha! So I'm ready.
2: Awesome. I've been, I'm, uh, I don't know if you know the flawless, but I've been, I'm technically in a coffin right now. So I don't think uh, my muscles will be atrophied by the time we come back.
1: Uh, possibly. I mean, if you were like that Ryan Reynolds character where he punches his way out of the buried alive or the girl mm-hmm. from Kill Bill, like maybe you're cool. I don't know.
2: Like, I can't see my surroundings, but from the little Wi Fi signal I get, Brandon K says I'm in his garage. Um, I wish <laughs> I keep messaging him, getting him to try to bring me a blanket or something, because it's really drafty in here. It's the middle of, like, summer, and
1: I'm freezing out here. Wait, do you it's d- nice of PV Smooth to have given you the Under Armour, uh, the Under Armour headphones when he buried right. you in the casket. I know.
2: this. Uh, he felt kind of bad. He kind of roughed me up a bit. He left me some chapstick, too. My lips have never
1: been more moist. Do you know who you should call to talk about that? Huh. Call the coroner. on that note thank you so much
0: guys we'll see you next time this show is a member of the sorgatron
1: media podcast network find out more at sorgatronmedia.com